Hi everyone, and welcome to the 194th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. Churro! What's it's up? getting hot! Yes, indeed. Is it hot in, in Cali? Earlier this week, it was set to be like high 80s, but then like as the week went on, it dropped down to low 80s, so it's going to be hot, but not too hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know that uh, that meme of that guy that does the, the weather, and he's like pointing at the different parts of the island. He's like, pretty much everywhere, it's going to be hot. And then, like, the other weather lady's like, then I don't need a jacket. And then this, guy, then this <laughs> guy's like, <laughs> oh, man, he laughs so good. I love that meme. So basically, everybody, go go look up that meme pretty much everywhere. It's going to be hot. That's one of my favorites. It's so wholesome. That's basically reality right now. Yeah, at least out here. Now here's the problem, Churro. Like I've 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 lived here long enough where I just switched over to Celsius, so I don't even know what the temp. Okay, so right now it's 66 degrees, and it's gonna get up to 75. Now that doesn't sound bad, but it's raining a lot, so that means it's humid, and that does not make me a happy boy. I don't like the humidity, but and. You know, if anybody knows Japan, it's only going to get worse from here and it's going to get really bad. Like sometimes it gets up into the 90s and it'll be like 100% humidity. Like there has been times in class where I'll literally be like a walk in. It's like this fog of humidity, pretty much like not visible. But uh, what is visible is like I'll be like handing out papers to the kids and then I'll be holding it to read it. And the paper in my hand will just limp over. Like, because <laughs> it's so humid. There's so much w- water in the air that it has now gotten into the paper and made the paper limp. Like, that's how bad it gets. And then I, I look around the class and I see kids with glasses on that are completely fogged over. And yeah, it's it's bad. That's how it is for me so, right now. But I don't know. I don't know. With this whole uh, virus situation, who knows what's going to happen? Like... They say in the summer the viruses are supposed to, you know, not be as bad, yet you have countries that are always hot like Italy and, uh, you know, you got Australia and New Zealand. Like, they had the virus, too. I, I know it's, like, definitely going down for them now, but, like... These are places that are hot, and they have it, so it's hard to say. Uh, what's actually going to happen. But, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. We have a two-segment show today. Our first segment is our news segment, and our last segment is our question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And here are our Patreon executive producers. We have Nahika Blaui, Axel, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjian, Guide Seeker, 
Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre 23, Yannick, oh, Yannick Nod, who's at Yannick Nod, and Churro, if you can take these last ones. We got Toy Patrick, Freya Stella, Freya Esbiali, Flip Nuss, Lewis James, Tom Hughes, who was at t- Tom underscore Hughes 22, Zach Duranto, Ian Potato exclamation point, Rachel Casterton at Obra Ewan Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster 73, and Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trader J. And be a part of the show! Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And just as a reminder, speaking of reminders, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind Spoilers are fair game. So that also includes Kingdom Hearts 3 and all games, basically, up until this point. So if you haven't played Kingdom Hearts Remind already, what are you waiting for? You probably have a lot of free time these days, so you should play it if you haven't already. Or at least watch it on YouTube. Alright, so now moving on to the news. Churro. There's news? What kind of news? Exactly. That's that's always the qualifier. I mean, there's days. news, and then there's Kingdom Hearts news. Yeah, exactly. So there's... uh, We got a little bit of both, actually. So I'm going to say this first bit of news is, you know, vague, but Kingdom Hearts related. So I'll just let people know that, uh, you know, for those who it may concern... Uh, Kingdom Hearts Union Cross has been getting quite a few interesting story updates. Some, I, I guess big the best updates. Yeah, big, pretty big updates. I would say, Churro, let me know if you feel this is accurate. I would say this is potentially cosplay defining changes to the Kingdom Hearts universe. Is it really that? I, mean, I would. For me, I would say this is like major cosplay fodder because something that has been such a, I would say maybe a, a, a an easy go to for cosplay, but ha- is a little bit tired because of how monotonous it gets and how little variety there is, finally has got a shot in the arm of a little bit of variety. And that's why I say this could be very big if you're into cosplay. So unclear I mean, where I this mean, is going to go from now, it's, but it's, it's what you call the cosplay flavor of the month. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, obviously in addition to that, of course, it, there's a big story relevancy here. Like it's not just, uh, new character design kind of stuff, but definitely major cosplay bait right there. No question. Like this instant I saw it, I'm like, all these people that cosplay this certain subset of Kingdom Hearts characters finally have another option as opposed to literally just the one. Right. Well, it's, so. it's, I mean, actually, this is it's a really not so subtle change, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty basic change, but I appreciate it. Like I've had dreams that involved this sort of change. But uh 
yeah it's it's interesting so yeah if you're if you're interested uh it's obviously gonna only be on the japanese side so unfortunately if you're playing the uh uh you know english version exclusively then you know this isn't going to be relevant for you for a while but if you do keep up with the japanese updates just so you know there was some pretty big ones recently so maybe worth uh catching up so that unfortunately that's pretty much our main like definitely kingdom hearts news news topic but our next bit of news could and I I would say has a very strong chance of relating to Kingdom Hearts, if not this year, then in the future, because this bit of news is, you know, I think something that could very much shape the way we get our big game announcements. And this is related to uh, the recent announcement from Jeff Keighley, uh, who, you know, behind the video game awards, uh, this new concept called the summer game fest. So uh, we've mentioned before that uh, E3 has been canceled. At least, at least for this year. Yeah. They're going to have dates for next year. So yeah, we don't know what'll become of E3 next year, but for the longest time, lots of people have been saying, and you know, we've also been kind of hinting that yeah, E3 it's kind of on its way out. Like it's been obsolete for a while. They've been trying various things to make it more relevant over the years. And actually this year, um, they actually did try, you know, prior to all this, uh, COVID-19 stuff, uh, they actually were trying to update the event and they actually got, uh, I think some of this is speculation. So don't take a hundred percent my word for it, but at least my understanding was, there's this uh, fan uh, website called I Am 8-Bit that I think maybe they help out with packs or something. I think and so. I believe so. They, yeah, they were trying to help out with E3. And yeah, they were announced to be, you know, assisting there. And I think even before all this COVID-19 stuff, I think even before that, I am 8-bit basically dropped out and was like, we're not doing this. Sorry. Bye. So, yeah. uh, So that's just an example of like, yeah, E3 was having troubles even apart from this COVID-19 stuff. And then this COVID-19 stuff forced them to cancel this year's E3. Whatever it would have been. I think whatever it would have been probably would have been pretty ridiculous. Whatever it was going to be. But, uh, yeah, the fact that it had to be canceled, I'm, uh, yeah, worried for the future of E3. And I think this, the Summer Games Fest, is just another thing that, you know, is a front an affront to, you know, E3 as a concept. Because basically the way this is, is it is a four-month-long, fully online series of digital events throughout the summer of 2020. So it's going to start from already from right now, uh, beginning of May all the way to the end of August. And basically, at least from what I understand is similar to like a Nintendo direct, but we're talking everybody. So it's unclear how exactly these digital events are going to work. If they're all going to be like, um, 
you know, publisher by publisher. Like, I, I kind of feel like they won't be. I kind of feel like some events will be like, okay, here are the PC. This is the PC game version of it. And then there'll be a bunch of presentations around that. But, you know, a bigger publisher like Bethesda is probably going to have their own thing. Square Enix, you know, they've been known to do their own thing in the past. I think it all depends on how much they have. But I will just say that Square Enix is confirmed to be one of the publishers that will be taking part and in this it'll Summer be Games Fest. too, because, yeah. you know... Two of their biggest titles have been released, Kingdom Hearts 3, yeah. Remind, and then, you know, 7 Remake. So it's like, you know, the only one they're working on is, you know, Avengers, but that's Crystal Dynamics, you know, Crystal Dynamics, yeah. you know. I say they, that's they the, easy. yeah, like you say, like, if we're talking about what Square Enix games do we, that aren't out, are announced, like, what, of the games that, you know, are in development now that we know are announced, like pretty much the only big one right now is Avengers and that's coming September, right? Yeah. Okay. So September. So there's really not much else that we know about. And at the very least, you know, if we go based on history, Churro, like this is the E3 or not E3. This is the, but this is normally because normally when E3 was a, a thing, this would be the E3 that they announce the big projects because this is the E3 that kicks off the generation. You know, if we go back and remember what what were the games that or what were the things that they were showing at this time? Well, they showed off at the uh, PlayStation 4 launch event. They re-showed Agni's Philosophy. And then at E3... That's when they showed for the first time Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3. And like going based on Square Enix's track record, this basically is going to be them announcing their big big like mega titles for this generation cuz like you know, if we look at uh 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3, they literally took the whole generation to <laughs> release both of those games. So plus, plus they need something to build hype on too. Yeah, because currently, what do they have? They don't have anything. They have Avengers, and that's it. So yeah, so like you know, this is a good way to a you know kind of rekindle that you know e you know quote unquote e three spirit. Yep. You know, it's for them to you know because you know Square Enix is also notoriously known for announcing projects way earlier than yeah you know than. Yes, you're supposed to be done, you know, like usually five, six years, uh, you know, before. So, you know, yeah, this, so there's... this is the perfect time because, you know, Jeff Keighley hinted on Twitter that, you know, he's, you know, d he's kind of done with E3 and so he wants to do his own thing now. He, he saw the success of his, you know, Coliseum. So yeah. he kind of like went, he went all out with it, you know, considering, you know, through all the COVID stuff. Yeah. But now he's finally, you know, took the Coliseum and made it even bigger. And yep. online so that, you know, you can present something to everyone staying at home. Exactly. I'll also point out that this definitely feels very uh, developer oriented in the sense that it's very catered to the to the developers needs. The fact that this is a four month long series of events as opposed to like a, a single week where all the things happen. Uh, like 
for many of you out there, you may not know that like for a lot of publishers, E3 is a big part of they have to make E3 a big part of their development strategy because it takes months to make some of the stuff that you get to see at E3 for the first time. You know, let's talk about seven remake for, you know, the first trailer that we saw that trailer that took several months to make. And as far as we know, they were working on that as early as 2014, a year in advance, you know, coming up with the ideas for it and then like, you know, getting visual works to make it and all that stuff. Like it takes time to make these trailers. And of course, yeah, they've been working on it, but it takes a lot of effort to do that. This whole COVID-19 stuff, you know, working from home can definitely throw a monkey wrench in a lot of this. So by giving them, giving developers a four month, you know, range of where they can have these events that allows them that, you know, if certain teams, if they have a particular demo or if they have a particular trailer that is just quite not quite there yet, or a little bit buggy, which we've definitely seen at E3 that happens sometimes where, you know, bugs appear live on stage, you know, uh, to to avoid that sort of stuff by giving them this four-month range. It gives them a chance to polish things up and make them even nicer and, uh, you know, not impact the developers as hard. So this is definitely, in my eye, a good thing for developers, the fact that it's four-month long. Now... The downside is for us, the gamers and the people covering the games, is it makes it a lot harder to, you know, uh, get the news together because we're we're not really sure when this stuff is going to happen. I will say, though, uh, the first big event that we do know about that will happen as a part of Summer Games Fest is going to be on May 7th. So this is going to be just after this podcast goes live, uh, May 7th. And it's going to be uh, Xbox, uh, Xbox Series X first gameplay uh, reveal. It's unclear how big of an event it's going to be, if it's going to be the same as the Microsoft conference that we usually have, or if it's just going to be, you know, a smaller thing. That's unclear. But so far, it's kind of weird, actually, Churro. This is this is the year that Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 are supposed to come out and we have yet to see anything running on the platforms at all. You know, if you go back to uh, PlayStation 3, we saw PlayStation 3 and Xbox tech demos in 2005. And, you know, in the case of the PS3, that was more than a year in advance that we were already seeing stuff on the PlayStation 3 being shown. You know, a lot of it ended up being you know, bullcrap, but, uh, at the very least we were seeing stuff and and got to see kind of a glimpse of what we can expect so far. It really, all we've seen is there was that one weird PS five game that they showed the PC version of at the game awards. And then there was also that, uh, that, uh, uh, Hellblade game that they showed a small, clip of in-engine footage but as far as we know that wasn't necessarily running on an xbox series x but was probably running on a pc but yeah it's unreal engine 4 and it's using all the same technology but at the end of the day it wasn't gameplay so who knows what it's going to end up actually looking like on an actual console so this is going to be our chance to finally see 
you know, a real next-gen game running on a next-gen console. So if you're interested in seeing that, that's going to be May 7th, Xbox Series X conference. Uh, We're unsure if any other developers are going to be there, and we don't know if Square Enix is going to be involved in it at all, and we still don't know what Sony's plans are, but... uh, I mean, this is the time to hype up the PS5 and Xbox. Yeah, Series this X. is this is the time. Like, it's it's already well past time, honestly. I, like, yeah, because they've already stated that it's still on set for holiday 2020 release, but they're not going to yeah. have enough consoles produced because of you know they don't want to over you know step their mark like they, like they did with the la- you know this current gen plus production with you know the, with the COVID virus going around. Yeah, you know, that's going to affect you know production of making these consoles. So I would definitely say throughout this whole situation of the Summer Game Fest, I would say definitely give it a look, but it's it's a good idea to temper your expectations. Um, you know, we don't know how COVID-19 has affected, you know, our our favorite developers' plans for announcements at, at you know, these conferences. I think regardless, for the most part, they should have already been working on a lot of this stuff, but you know, it's hard to say every developer is different. Nobody was ready for COVID-19, you know, especially game studios and game studios weren't ready. Society wasn't ready. So there's definitely a lot of, uh, room there that certain studios may have not been ready. You know, work from home is not, you know, is easier for some studios than others. I would say, uh, you know, you got to understand that games are a very secretive business. That, and even though, you know, you can technically, from a technical standpoint, make a lot of this stuff at home, you know, uh, Unreal Engine 4 is a free download, anybody can use it. Uh, most artists, I, I can speak from experience. Most artists own a copy of every 3D modeling software at home because how the hell did they get the job if they weren't working on it before they got the job? So, uh, while people can make the games at home, it doesn't necessarily mean they have the access to because, you know, a lot of studios have security measures in place. Like, could you imagine, you know, being in the Kingdom Hearts team and being like, all right, uh, I'm going to start working from home. La-di-da-di-da. Let me just download the latest build of uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 so I can bring it home with me and just work on it on my home computer with my home router. (laughs) Like, not safe. As you can see with what happened with uh, Last of Us 2, Last of Us 2, a lot of big basically everything important to that game got leaked so yeah as you can uh as you can see this is a uh this is definitely a concern and definitely a lot of japanese studios i can say uh have this concern because they're very secretive but maybe not uh, exactly ready for it uh i will also say um i think it was last month uh, Square Enix did confirm they had uh, at least one staff member that tested positive for uh, COVID-19. So they didn't say after the fact what the result of that was, you know, in terms of like, you know, did they shut down the studio at all? Was there any, 
gap in development for any teams what team were they on they didn't mention anything about that they just mentioned that a SAF member had contracted the virus and tested positive so yeah uh you know long and the short of it is you know temper your expectations don't don't expect too much but I think it is a good opportunity to see how this sort of thing can work you know, giving developers the chance of four, a full four months to figure out, uh, you know, what they want to show. So I, 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 for one, am very interested. So uh, you can follow them at Summer Game Fest on Twitter. They also have a Twitch, Twitch TV slash Summer Game Fest. They're also on YouTube, but their YouTube channel is very new. It The last time I checked, it didn't even have a logo. It didn't have its own URL. It's just, if you want to see it on YouTube, you have to search Summer Game Fest and hope you find the right channel. I would say for now, stick to their uh, Twitch and Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to get to them. And uh, yeah, as stated before, uh, May 7th, that's going to be the date for the Rockstar Conference. And uh, just a quick rundown of all the publishers that have been confirmed to be uh, in it. We got 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, EA, Microsoft, Sony, Square Enix, Private Division, Riot Games, Steam, and Warner Brothers. Uh, so, so far, those are the confirmed studios. And then in the next coming weeks, there'll be several others. Uh, potentially Nintendo. Nintendo is the only one on this list, or the only one that I can definitely see is not on this list. And I actually kind of heard that maybe they might not have a uh, a direct in, in June, which is kind of sad. But uh, I guess we'll have to see how that turns out. But um yeah, so far no Nintendo, so I guess we'll have to see what happens there. So yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up the news for this episode. So now let's move on to the question segment. Our first question comes from Jake J, and they ask, Is that really where they're going to leave it with Winnie the Pooh in Kingdom Hearts 3? There was no point in having it. It's like they wanted to do it to keep up with the tradition, but gave up 10 meters into a 100-meter dash. Uh, I mean, yeah. It seems like a really weak send-off if that was the last of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I, I gotta I agree. Because, like, basically the three minigames are the same concept, but just with different, you know, things. You know, one's yeah, like Vistables. It's one's basically one minigame for the most part. Yeah, and it's like... And there isn't really much of a story. It's just basically... It was really uh, weird. I actually played it recently, and it's like, okay, so Merlin's like, oh, or, or no, Chip and Dale are like, oh, Merlin was saying something about a book. He's in he's in Twilight Town. So then you go to Twilight Town, right? And then you talk to Merlin, and then you're like, oh, so you said something about a book? And he's like, wait, what are you talking about? Oh, a book. Oh, this. It's like so. Mer- Merlin didn't seem like he knew, even though Chip and Dale said Merlin is the one that asked. So that was unclear. And it's like okay. And then you- he shows you the Winnie the Pooh book, and it's the regular old Winnie the Pooh book. But then Sora's not on the cover. So then Sora freaks out, like, "Uh oh, 
I'm not on the cover again. What happened? <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. And then you go into the book and like, but Pooh still remembers Sora. That's fine. And everything is cool with everybody. And it's just like, oh, bef- and Sora's literally like, oh, I guess I'll go then. Bye. And then it's like, Rabbit's like, no, 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 no. I need help with the carrots or whatever, or the vegetables. or And then you help out with that. And then you help out getting honey by getting the flowers. And the- I-, I guess like the long and the short of it is like, the basic of the story was about like, you know, your ties with people sort of wearing thin if you don't keep up with them all that much. That's but they're really, really that was re- pretty much it. Like, it wasn't really a big statement. Yeah. And like, it didn't really go anywhere. Because it's like, I mean, because I think they try to bring in the whole him, Sora being almost taken over by Master Zane or Fundrito Distance, because they did bring that up in. The beginning of the game when he lost his powers and all that. Yeah. So I think it was just an excuse to say, hey, you almost got taken over by the darkness. So you, it's best for you to kind of like go back and repair your your bonds with, you know, with Pooh Bear. It's like yeah. just an excuse to say, hey, you know, let's it's go been back a while. and do something simple with Pooh because let's just do it. Yeah. yeah and, and, and to me, that completely ruins like the send off you had from Kingdom Hearts 2. Like, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, you know, when the Pooh forgot about Sora, so you had to like spend time yeah. finding the torn pages and then having them remember Sora. And then like you have that sad scene where they, you know, looking at the moon and you know Sora finally tells Pooh, you know, I'll always be in your heart no matter what. And then yeah, it was such a sweet send off. And then this is more like it's hey, like Pooh's here, it, whatever. It, it's <laughs> actually like kind of a depressing version of the same message from Kingdom Hearts two. Because, like, in Kingdom Hearts 2, that was the whole deal. You know, he had his whole chain of memories experience, and everybody forgot Sora, not just Pooh. But then Pooh had problems because there were literally pages ripped out of his book, so he had to help out with that situation and help Pooh remember him. But in this version of it, Pooh only is slightly getting unfamiliar with Sora, not forgotten him, but then... You you know, you reacquaint with Pooh and then you're fine and then Sora appears back on the front page of the book, but then it kind of leaves you with kind of a depressing message is like, oh, yeah, you need to keep up with your friends because if not, they're just going to forget you at some point. And like, there's really nothing you can do about it. Like there's there's no viable way like in, in Kingdom Hearts 2, Kingdom Hearts 1, it's like, oh, don't worry, Pooh, like I'll always be right here. Pokes him on his tummy, pokes him in his heart and is like, OK, this is where I'll be always. But then Kingdom Hearts 3 is like, not really, actually. If you don't keep up with your friends, you're going to fade away from their heart and there's nothing you can do about it. So if at any point, Sora, you end up disappearing from this world and can't go back to Pooh, uh, yeah, he's just going to forget you and there's nothing you can do about it. And like, that, that's, that's basically really, that's the message. Really, and it's really dumb because, like, you know, Sora had this whole speech, you know, in Kingdom Hearts 1, how you know, the bonds he made with his friends, as long as they don't forget each other, you know, it'll never go away. And then the whole chain of memory spiel is that Nami tells Sora, you know, your memories are not really gone. They're just buried deep. Exactly. Underneath. You just gotta and go you, dig them up. And here's like, oh, well, he's gonna forget about you, and there's you know, nothing, nothing you, can, you do. can do. And it's like, okay, way to kind of like cancel everything out. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I'm with you, Jake J. I, I hope if we do get another Winnie the Pooh. 
I hope that's actually it does better because because there. I mean, let's just let Pooh Bear be Pooh Bear now. You know, it's see, and and that's that's kind of what I would prefer. Is okay. I'm gonna pitch you this, Turo. What if the solution for Winnie the Pooh is not Sora try to be his friend and get on the cover, but instead find Christopher Robin to be that forever friend for Winnie the Pooh that will never leave his side, and then Christopher Robin can be the rightful person on the cover and leave it there. Like, Pooh's got his friend, you know, we'll, we'll always be basically, friends, basically get, but basically you'll never get have to be alone. Basically giving Pooh that final farewell saying, you know, I can't keep doing this because things happen to me. Yeah. You know, but here's, you know, the one friend you've been wanting for a long time. And it's it's almost like a reunion of sorts. That's what if there was ever going to be a proper send off for Winnie the Pooh stuff and like, all right, this is the end of Winnie the Pooh. Maybe we'll come back to him at some point. But as far as like the the quote unquote storyline, it's got like if it's going to end, it's going to end with Christopher Robin taking the rightful place as being Pooh's friend and not Sora. Because that's that's the person that's supposed to be his friend. So that that's that's just the uh, the idea that I have there. That that, that might be a better send off. All right, Churro, if you could take this next one. All right, this is from Joseph Robertson, and he writes: Just wondered if there's a reason that I missed as to why Heartless do not appear very much in Birth by Sleep. Obviously, Master Zane or some some summon some, and Aqua fights some in the realm of darkness. But in other worlds, they do not. But in other worlds, you know, they are not after that world's heart or or the hearts of others, or somehow defeated by the unversed. If there's no official reason, what's your theory? My birthday's on May third, so could I have a belated birthday shout out on the next podcast? Happy birthday, Joseph Robertson! Happy birthday, Yay! Joseph! Yay! Yeah, so I, I hope this gets to you. Uh, you know, and, and I, I hope you're doing well. So uh yeah to get to the uh to get to the, the subject of heartless now I I'm going to give you the quote unquote right explanation and then I'm going to also throw at you the thing that ruins that explanation and kind of sets it at an unfortunate I, I don't know I I'm going to I'm going to basically explain it and then give you a, a monkey wrench that's going to ruin my explanation so here's the explanation so at the timeline that we have, or at the point in the timeline that we have with, you know, Xehanort and Terra and Aqua and Ven, the whole deal is at that point, the only Heartless that exist are the non-emblem Heartless, the natural-born Heartless. So that, you know, you got Shadows and Neo-Shadows, Dark Sides, all of those guys. And for the most part, they pretty much just exist in the realm of darkness. As far as we know... Obviously, you know, like you mentioned, Xehanort has the ability to summon his own. You know, clearly he's got dark powers. Uh, he may or may not have been to the Realm of Darkness and seen them himself. But at the very least, you know, Xehanort... It's not surprising that Xehanort has that ability. That that guy's an evil man, so clearly he can do that. Fine, whatever. But the situation that we come to find in Kingdom Hearts 1 is a direct result of the experiments done by Xehanort under the tutelage of Ansem the Wise. So Xehanort, a.k.a. Terra Xehanort, is the guy that's doing the experiments. He creates the emblem Heartless, 
and sends and by creating them, then multiply, they, they get out into other worlds and start running amok. So the reason, the main reason why there's not so many heartless in birth by sleep is because they haven't been invented yet, or the emblem heartless haven't been invented yet. You know, that was all a result of Terra Xehanort. And at least at this point in the timeline, uh, Terra's still Terra and Xehanort is still an old man. So that's that's why that hasn't happened yet. But and here's the monkey wrench, the eternal monkey wrench of Kingdom Hearts. Then what about Kingdom Hearts Union Cross? Why are there Emblem Heartless there? That's the eternal question. Why? And there is no reason. There's no reason at all. There's no explanation. Here's here's my best theory. Time travel. World lines. Take your pick. That's really all you can say. Churro, do you got anything better? Like, I, I think my explanation of the, the deal with Terra Xehanort, I think that's pretty sufficient. But what about Union Cross? Do you have any ideas for Union Cross? What that could possibly be? Why are there Heartless there? It's Union Cross. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's Union Cross. It doesn't make sense. It, I mean, it. when does this game ever made sense? <laughs> exactly. So, but, you un- know, unfortunately, yeah, we got Union Cross to deal with. I mean, we could thank Union Cross for that, too. Yeah. Cause like, but you have to remember in Birth by Sleep, it's already stated that, like, you know, your main journey was to vanquish the Unverse. And then yeah. you know, the plot twist was that the Unverse is actually creations created by Vanitas. Who yep. can create an infinite amount. So basically, I guess it was there. It was also an excuse for not having Heartless there, you know, but a new enemy. Yeah, because you're dealing with the Unversed. That was the main threat. Yeah, you also you have to imagine that probably, like, Heartless probably, you know, still came to the world of light every now and then. You know, Keyblade Masters have to fight something. But as far as we can tell, like, they're you know, they're not the main threat. It definitely seemed like the world, apart from this whole deal with Xehanort and Vanitas and the Unversed, for the most part, was pretty much at peace at that time. Uh, it was just, you know, Xehanort doing his crazy experiments on Ventus that, you know, led to the creation of Vanitas and unleashing the Unversed and all of that. That was the main cause of strife in that world. But apart from that, it didn't seem like the Heartless were so much of a threat in the world of light. But that definitely doesn't, you know, preclude them from existing in the realm of darkness. They're very much existing in the realm of darkness. But they're, you know, for the most part, it seemed like things were at balance. Which kind of makes you think, like, for Xehanort, being someone who is so worried about balance, it kind of seemed like the world was at balance. You know, the darkness was in the realm of darkness and the light was in the realm of light. I guess he wanted it to mix. I don't know. But uh, yeah, hard hard to say one way or the other. All right. So this next question comes from Von John, and they ask, Do you think Sephiroth and Cloud went to another world line in Kingdom Hearts 2? If so, now that Sora has seemingly crossed into another world line, is there now a chance of re- running into them again? Knowing tomorrow, more likely. <laughs> yeah. I like, mean, but you have to remember that these characters, Final Fantasy characters, are not the same characters in, you know, Final Fantasy. Yeah. You know, so basically they're they're Kingdom Hearts versions of Final Fantasy characters. So basically yep. they're their own person in that universe. So 
with Sork. I mean, it's a possibility Sork can run into him, you know, no doubt. But like, yeah, you know, but will it be something like remake ish type of thing? I yeah, it's hard to say. I would say, you know, speaking on the subject of Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts, like it, you know, we've definitely run into kind of a, a speed bump there, you know. Nomura has said in no uncertain terms that he just doesn't see them as being all that important anymore and that, you know, they used to serve a very important purpose in the past. And that purpose was to sort of like fill out the cast to be a little bit more interesting and help people get into Kingdom Hearts that, you know, otherwise wouldn't. But now that, you know, there's so many original characters that are just as complex and have a lot more to do with you know kingdom hearts than a final fantasy character would you know now that we've got all these characters it's kind of like well why do we need the final fantasy characters anymore like they don't serve the purpose that they used to anymore but you know and this is kind of like the uh i don't know the internal struggle between fans and the creators is you know creators think one way you know they think of like making the story that they want to telling the story they want to tell how things function they are always wanting to move forward but in the case of fans uh you know we fall in love with the stories as we know them as they release finally whereas uh you know the creators they're always tortured by their creations they always want to make it better they want to improve it they want to move forward and I definitely uh, felt this, not getting into any spoilers, but I kind of felt this kind of turmoil in Final Fantasy VII Remake, where I kind of felt like you can definitely see there was a lot of young people that were fans of Final Fantasy VII that worked on it, but you can also see that the people in charge, the people calling the shots, are the older staff that worked on the original. They may not understand why people love Final Fantasy 7 or Final Fantasy 7 in the first place. You know, it was the same situation with um with Star Wars. George Lucas didn't understand why people love Star Wars that released back in the 70s. You know, but you know, so he would then go on to make special editions and change parts of the plot change scenes add in cg add in things that he wish he could have done back then but in reality the fans of star wars love the old star wars for what it was and loved the characters for what they were and there are definitely certain things like you know i'll just give one example that's very famous is uh there's a scene where han solo is being accosted by greedo this uh bounty hunter that's working for job of the hut and he's trying to collect a debt or or, or a, you know kind of a debt collector but he's actually more like a just about a hitman at this point because he's like oh it doesn't matter Jabba's going to give me the same price with you dead or alive so i'm just going to kill you and at least in the original version, the way it worked was that Han Solo, he was secretly like grabbing his pistol underneath his uh, underneath the table. And in the original version, Han shot Greedo first before Greedo could get a shot in. But in the special edition, using CG, they artificially made Greedo shoot first and then Han Solo, sh- Han Solo shoots back in retaliation in self-defense. 
But that, if you think about it, that changes Han Solo's character. He went from being this, like, cocky gunslinger that'll shoot you in cold blood and isn't necessarily the nicest guy. He went from that to being just a guy that he's just shot back in self-defense. And that kind of, like, waters him down as a character and doesn't make him as interesting. I'm not saying there's anything like that with Kingdom Hearts here. I'm just saying this is an example of you know, the original creators not understanding the value of the original work as it was, and the fans only seeing value in the original creation as it was. I'm not saying either side is particularly right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the issue that we come to with Final Fantasy characters, that us as fans, we loved the Final Fantasy characters and we didn't see them as filler. We saw them as an essential part of the plot, at least back in Kingdom Hearts 1's days and to some extent in Kingdom Hearts 2 as well. So for us, they were a very essential part of the Kingdom Hearts experience, just like Disney characters were. But in Nomura's mind, they were just like, well, I, I, I don't want to have to keep designing all these characters and it's hard to make new fans of a series fall in love with faces that they don't recognize than it is compared to, oh, I'll just slap Cloud in and Sephiroth, and then instantly they'll fall in love. That would be so much easier. And I think in that case, it kind of worked too well, is that now we love them so much that they can't, we can't have Kingdom Hearts without it pretty much anymore without people complaining. So I wonder, Churro, and here's another pitch for you. Maybe similar to uh, Winnie the Pooh in a sort of way. Maybe to give Nomura an out on Final Fantasy characters forever. I I guess with the exception of Moogles. Maybe Moogles can stay. But to give an out for Nomura. What if, you know, using Cloud and Sephiroth as the vehicle for this... Maybe Cloud and Sephiroth, as they're traveling through different... Maybe they travel through several world lines conducting this battle that they're having. And maybe along the way, they discover the fact that they're originally from this other world. They're originally from this place with Midgar. And then they realize that all these Final Fantasy characters don't belong in the Kingdom Hearts timeline or the Kingdom Hearts world line. And maybe to set things right... Ultimately, the goal is we need to put everybody back where they belong. So bring all the Final Fantasy characters, send them back to their own respective actual worlds. So, uh, you know, all the seven characters go to the Final Fantasy VII world and all the uh, eight characters go to the eight world line and all the nine characters go to the nine world line, etc., etc. And maybe that's the situation and maybe by doing that and making that you know kind of a sub storyline in one kingdom hearts game at some point Nomura can finally put to rest the final fantasy characters and then he doesn't have to do final fantasy characters anymore he can just put them all back have a whole storyline about it make it nice and that'll be the send-off and then if he really doesn't want to do final fantasy characters anymore in kingdom hearts that's at least in my mind, that's a good way of taking care of it and being done with it, and that's it. Well, I mean, then I mean, some of the Final Fantasy characters already made home in Radiant Garden. You know? Yeah. So, and they grew up there, and that's that's how it is. Uh, what what I'm sort of suggesting is instead, and maybe it would just be their heart or whatever. They can be reborn in the other world. I don't know. 
just something that if Nomura really doesn't want the Final Fantasy characters in anymore, you know, give them a send off. That's what I would want. Is if they really don't want Final Fantasy, if he really doesn't want Final Fantasy characters anymore, don't leave us hanging like in Kingdom Hearts 3 where it's just like, oh, they just weren't doing anything important. What do you mean they're not doing anything important? <laughs> they're not getting involved in this uh, pl- this horrible plot with Xehanort when they clearly are strong, for one. Uh, they have access to a guy that literally builds gummy ships, and we use gummy ships still. Like, there's so many reasons they should be involved, you know, apart from the production standpoint of having to put them in the story. Like, there's so many reasons they should be involved, and the main reason they're not involved is Nomura doesn't want to put them in anymore. That's the real story. So I'm just saying, like, instead of just leaving us hanging like that and just forgetting them, like, you know, kind of like in Dragon Ball with Akira Toriyama. Akira Toriyama always forgets characters that he's made. So... Instead of doing that, why not let's give them a send-off and be done? And then you don't have to deal with them anymore. That that's just that's my pitch. Deal with it, and then you know. Then the fans will be happy. maybe they won't be happy, but they'll feel satisfied because there'll be a they, send-off. They won't be happy because they were upset they weren't in the base Kingdom Hearts 3. And then, yes. and then when they were revealed in Remind, everybody lost their minds, but then when they realized how small their part was then yeah, exactly. So instead, you know, if they got a significant role, they got a significant send off, they may not be happy, but they'll at least be satisfied. OK, they were sent off properly. We don't have to worry about Final Fantasy characters anymore. They're fine. You know, it's, it's also the same situation that we're kind of in, but to a lesser extent with the world ends with you characters. We were introduced to them. They left and you know, went back to their world and their situation, but we were left with a, you know, we'll see you some day, you know, see you in Shibuya, the famous last words of uh, Neku. So we're left there with a little bit of desire there of like, oh, I guess like, you know, I, I'd like to, I'd like for Sora to reunite with him again. That would be great. Like, it'd be great to reunite again. So I don't know. I think if you really want to be done with a certain set of characters, you can't leave it like that. You have to leave it at a more definitive place and like really end it and just be like done and like decide no more kingdom hearts and final fantasy crossover. If that's what you want, end it. That's what I say, but you know, just an idea, at least for me personally though, Churro, I love the final fantasy characters. If it was up to me, keep them in. It's always cute to I see like them. To, I'm, I mean, they're they're good at helping pro- progress in the plot point. I mean, they did go yeah. to Radiant Garden for their advice, and then the whole limit cut thing was, you know, constructed by Sid's own, you know, ingenuity about how computers work. Exactly. Nobody else and, knows how to work a computer. And on top of that, like, I'm just so done with it just being Yen Sid that has to... Yen Sid has to carry so much of the, you know annoyance of explaining the plot to Sora. Like, let's lighten Yen Sid's load a little bit and let some other characters do it. That's why I'm glad I mean, they should they, they brought in why, the fairy godmother. That was nice. You know, well, Sid helped a little bit. This is why they need to introduce more masters. Keyblade masters. Because you know because yeah. Yen Sid is a former Keyblade master. He's old, you know, he's got a lot of wisdom and 
you know, things of magic to pass on to other Keyblade wielders, but it's like, yeah, you know, we, you know, what the if anybody, if anybody's Narcus, tired and should have a break, it's Yen Sid. He's the one who deserves yeah. the break. You know, the, I think now would be a good time for, to say like, you know, defines, you know, maybe Yen Sid should say something to Riku and be like, hey, you know, my, like, I'm, you know, powerful, but at the same time, you know, there's only a limit that I humble what I can do. You know, yeah. if you go, you know, set your course to this world all the way over here and, you know, far, far away, there is a another master that can probably deal with this, you know, better than I can because maybe he has experience with it, you know. Yeah. So that would be a good way to introduce, like, more Keyblade masters for Riku because, you know, Riku is still a new Keyblade master, you know. Yeah. You know, he's new. And then, you know, and then Aqua's stayed behind and landed departure, so. You know, it'd be a good time for somebody else to teach Riku the, you know, new ways of being a master. It'd be pretty hilarious if they could somehow find another random Disney character that's secretly a Keyblade master. I don't know who it would be, but I wonder, like, maybe Triton is holding out on us. Maybe Triton secretly knows how to use a Keyblade. He just didn't want to show it to Sora. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? All right, so I think that pretty much wraps up our question segment. Our music for this episode is a wonderful piano and string cover of Destiny Islands. This is the uh, version that plays in uh, Chain of Memories and uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. It's the really chill version, so uh, definitely enjoy that. We've had Sam Young on the podcast several times uh, with his music, so... uh, you know, you already know he's a great uh, source for Kingdom Hearts covers. So check him out on YouTube, Sam Young. And Young is spelt Y-U-N-G, Sam Young. Our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 19th of May. Churro. By the 19th of May, we'll, we'll have already seen uh, next-gen video games running on the next-gen platforms. It's crazy. Right? And maybe maybe we'll have some Dark Road information. Yes! It's it's still spring, dang it. I don't care what Jeff Keeley says. Right. So it, it spring isn't over till June, like late June, so still got time. There's still time or they could just delay it. <laughs> That's also an option. That too. Uh so yeah, uh ne- next episode 19th of May. As always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on iTunes. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And, uh, please, uh, support us on the Patreon... Oh, I already said that part. Did I say that part? No, I didn't. Uh, Please support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And... Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl. It is goodbye time. Man, already? We did it. We had an episode yeah, we again. We're going to have another yes. episode in two weeks. I hope everybody's fine. Everybody, I think everybody we stay safe. Stay Please. safe. Stay home if you can. If and you're, be smart. If you're, uh, yeah, be smart. Wash your hands. No. Wear a mask. No, 5G is not causing your coronavirus. Please keep buying uh, smartphones. It's good for the economy. 
I'm very excited, Churro, personally. I, I really, I'm like, uh, I, I don't know where you are with your phone, but I'm at, I have a, uh, iPhone 10 still. And, uh, I think I'm going to look to, uh, upgrade this year to a 12, whatever that's going to be like. So I don't, I don't know if you are looking to upgrade this year, but I, I kind of am. I, I'm ready for that. So I, I'm excited. I don't know though, like, and people are saying that, you know, they're installing 5G everywhere, but I don't, I haven't seen anything personally here. And my understanding of 5G, like real 5G, not the fake stuff that, because I remember when I went back to America, uh, for, uh, for Christmas time, uh, I looked at my phone and I had it connected to AT&T and it had the gall of saying I had 5G. And I'm like, I do not have 5G on this old as, old as butts uh, iPhone 10. This is some kind of fake nonsense. Oh, no, it was 5GE. They, they made some fake nonsense name. It's 4G. It's just a different flavor. Maybe slightly faster version of 4G. Maybe. That was that whole problem back in the uh, the days when they were switching over to 4G and they had uh, Hudspa Plus, which was, they called it 4G, but it was actually Faux-G. It was like a fake version of 4G. And then real 4G is called LTE. Well, I can tell you here in Japan, LTE is just called 4G. They didn't do that uh, bull, bull hockey of calling uh, Hudspa Plus something that it wasn't. Hudspa Plus was just fancy 3G. And the uh, LTE is just regular 4G. That's normal 4G. That's what 4G was supposed to be. Whereas 5G, so they got this whole thing, millimeter wave. Apparently the deal with millimeter wave is it's got a very severe limitation. And the severe limitation is it, it has to be line of sight to get full speed. So unless you can see and there's nothing blocking, your visual line of sight to a tower that is shooting out millimeter wave, you will not get full 5G speed. And like how much of your day is spent not in line of sight of a cell phone tower? Probably most of it. Probably most of your day, you are not in direct line of sight of a cell phone tower. So at least what I've heard is that the goal with 5G is that the deployment is going to be a lot crazier than they normally did with 4G, where with 4G, there would be these big towers. Instead, what they're looking to do is like on, you know, street lamps and, you know, uh, stoplights and, you know, places like that. They'll put the 5G, you know, uh, repeaters as as many places as they can. So instead of large big towers that cover a large area it'll be lots of small installments as many places as they can that's my understanding of how they're going to try to do that that's going to take so long to roll out so i have very little hopes for uh for uh for 5g at least until i move to tokyo if that ever happens so then once i move once i move to tokyo it's like oh yeah 5g 5g central that in there i believe it where I live now, no way. We're never getting that kind of 5G. Never. But, uh, yeah. I guess the moral of the story is, uh, 
save the economy, buy some crap you, d you don't actually need. <laughs> I'm kidding, save your money. But uh, if you want to help the economy, buy something. Alright, Churro. Let's say our goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, stay safe and, you know, and all that. And we'll see you next time. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Thank you.